Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Think about what we've done. We started this series talking about a demon-possessed man, 6,000 demons. Maybe his name was Legion, so that's 6,000 in Roman accounting. 6,000 demons, he was set free. The next story of hope was about a tax collector that was hated by the Jews. But Jesus honored him and went to his house for a party. And then we saw a simple woman who probably was a woman who worked the streets, She met Jesus. Her life was changed. She came into a Pharisee's house, and she literally at the feet of Jesus honored him. And what did Jesus do? He praised her. He lifted her up, and and he honored her. And then last weekend, we looked at Nicodemus, a Pharisee who had every reason to accuse Jesus, and yet he chose to follow Jesus. Now, all of these have been the stories of hope. And I'm sure there are not many maybe that are streaming right now or they're in this room that would say, oh, I don't believe those stories of hope. I think probably most people would say, yeah, I I believe it, I guess. Here's the problem. Do you believe it can happen to you? Do you believe that same hope is available to you? And that's where most of us go. Now, I mean, that was Bible days. That happened back in the day. Or that's somebody else's story. That probably can't happen to me. Can I give you the most freeing truth? Probability is not your destiny. Probability is not your destiny. I want you to say this. Probability is not destiny. Say it with me. Probability is not destiny. Just because you probably want doesn't mean you want. Just because the older you get, it's less probable you will follow Christ doesn't mean you can't follow Christ when you get old. Everything in the gospel defies probability. And the miracle story that we're going to see today, this last story of hope, is one that is not probable. It's unlikely in every way. And if you've got a Bible, I want you to go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 11. It's, you know the story. It's about 10 lepers. They had leprosy. And Jesus healed them all. And how many came back to say thank you to Jesus? You remember? 10 were healed. But how many came back? One. So the odds are against us that we will say thank you. The odds are against It's not probable. But probability is not destiny. Watch what happens. I'm reading verse 11, chapter 17 of the Gospel of Luke. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they they went... They were cleansed. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, 
praising God with a loud voice, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. May the Lord do it again. The most unlikely. First of all, the most unlikely hope that a leper would be cleansed. Now, I know leprosy means very little to us in this room. Think of the worst disease, the one you fear the most. It, it could be cancer. It could be heart issues. I mean, brain tumor. You know, I've had two of the three, top three maybe. But think of the thing you fear most. They dreaded leprosy. It was the sentence of death. Leprosy was and is still, it's still around, not, not nearly as much as it was. It's a disease where basically the extremities of your body begin to die. They grow numb, necrosis sets in, that's just death. They begin to rot. It's horrible. There were 61 defilements that the rabbis taught, 61 things that would defile you and make you where you need to stay away from everybody they were listed in order of importance. Number one is death. If you touched a dead body, you were totally defiled. Number two was leprosy. You had to stay, if the wind's blowing, you had to stay 50 yards from everybody. You could not get within 50 yards. You couldn't get near your family. I mean, you had to ring a bell. If you were, happy, if you were moving through a crowd, you had to ring a bell to let, give people time to clear out because a leper was coming by. It was horrible. In fact, Beth Moore, she always dreamed of preaching the gospel to a leper colony. She had that chance. She went to a, an area where there was actually a, a, a colony of sorts where lepers were and they were being treated. And she said she looked so forward to it and she started in, went in the door. And when the smell of the rotting flesh hit her, she began to gag and she said, oh, I, please, I cannot throw up right here in, in here with them. And she turned and went outside. And she got a deep breath, fresh air, and she said, I can do this. I can do this. She turns and goes back in. When that smell hit her again, she couldn't handle it. She went back outside. The third time, exactly the same thing happened. That odor hit her, and she went back outside because she was afraid she would become violently ill. And she said, in a book called Jesus, the one and only, she said, it's the one regret, one regret I have. I never got to preach to them because I couldn't handle how gross and how horrible it is. So think about it. The most unlikely hope that somebody like that would be changed. And you may be sitting there going, "That's man, I'm just glad I don't have leprosy. I'm in good shape. You do have leprosy. The Bible uses leprosy as an analogy, as a metaphor for sin. And every one of us were born with this rotten stuff inside of us that makes us do really evil and bad things. And apart from the grace of Jesus, what do we do with this leprosy called sin? In fact, there's an old hymn that says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
And so the most unlikely hope is that we, who have a heart that is scarred by sin, could find hope in Jesus' name. And that's exactly what happened that day. And the most unlikely miracle occurred that day. But how it occurred is so cool. Jesus looks at them. They cry out to him for mercy. And Jesus looks at them and says, go show yourself to the priest. And the reason for that is so that the priest could confirm that they were cleansed and they were healed. You see, they couldn't be admitted back into their family or their community unless the priest had said, you're okay, you're cleansed. And so Jesus said, go show the priest. And here's a little phrase, as they went, they were healed. So when were the lepers healed? As they went. Do you see a picture in that? When do you have hope? When you take the step to believe. When you take the step to trust him. Instead of wallowing in whatever circumstances have taken hope away, instead of just saying, well, I'm a victim and there's nothing I can do, how about take a step toward Jesus? How about put your trust in Jesus? As they went, they were healed. You know what I believe about every one of us in the room? What I believe about everyone streaming? There is an unlikely miracle waiting for you. I believe that. You believe that? You believe that he can change anybody today? All it takes is taking the step, putting your trust. I mean, I'm, I'm just crazy enough to believe the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe your calling on him is taking that step. It's as they went. You can take the step even today. And you can just say, Jesus, I need you. In fact, can we pause in this moment? You don't have to bow your heads. I want you to listen. If you need hope today, if you need a life change today, if you're honest enough to admit, you know what, I don't have my stuff together and it's not working out so well for me, I want to try Jesus. Now, let me tell you what I believe. (laughs) Jesus has been waiting on you. And he's got something waiting on you you can't believe. But you have to put your trust in him. You have to turn from yourself and quit trying to fix your life. And just say, Jesus, I trust you. So would you pray this? Would you just tell him this? Jesus, I believe you came to heal me. Jesus, I believe that you came to forgive my sin. And today, Jesus, I put my trust in you. I believe in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what I think happened? Just like happened that day, the most unlikely miracle of all happened. As you went, as you believed, your life is changed. It happens just like that. The moment when it happened for them, all of them recognized it. All of them recognized they're healed. The leprosy's gone. One of the ways you knew you were a leper or knew you had leprosy is there appeared white spots. White spots. In fact, you remember Moses when when he was in the encounter with God. uh, God actually showed him how powerful he was when he said, Moses, reach out your hand. He did, and it was white with leprosy. 
And then God said, okay, put your hand back in your cloak. And he did, and it was healed. I mean, God was just saying, I can do anything. So can you imagine what it was like for those lepers to look down and for the first time, there's no white spots. For the first time, there's no rotting flesh. For the first they they are absolutely going crazy. One of them came back. The most unlikely response. You know, after all these stories of hope, after everything we've heard about this incredible hope and every testimony we hear, you would think that those of us who know Jesus would be the most thankful people on the planet. But that's not always the case. I mean, you would think after a healing, 10 lepers are healed, but how many come back? One. What are the odds? One in 10. The numbers were against him. And they're against you. The odds are you won't say thank you. Now, I don't know if you're this way, but I'm really fed up with polls and statistics and odds and data and trend. Are you getting a little bit weary of it? I mean, I, it just is so frustrating that everybody's planning out my life according to the trends, according to the data. Well, here's a new study for you. Did you know four out of five doctors leaves one? I mean, that's groundbreaking. And some of you are going, it's just math, people. It's just math. It's, it's just math. Did you know that if your parents didn't have any children, chances are you won't either? And there's some great studies. I mean, all around us, we're being amazed at these incredible studies, right? Well, let me give you a little clue. Data defines trends, but Jesus defines reality. It doesn't matter what the data says. It matters what Jesus says. So, yeah, the numbers are against us, and so is culture. Did you know this guy's culture was against him? Let me show you a word. Let me get back over here. Jesus said, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Now, Jesus has already, and Luke has already said, he was a Samaritan. But he didn't use Samaritan here. He uses the word foreigner. You know what foreigner means? It means pagan. It means somebody who doesn't believe. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, of all people, <laughs> he would be the least likely to come and say thank you. I have thought about how blessed we are to live in the United States of America. Have you ever thought about just how blessed we are? I mean, Danny was up here talking about voting, and I'm sitting over there and I'm thinking, we get to vote. We live in a land that we get to choose our leaders. Now, we don't always make the best choices, but that's another story. We get to choose. We are blessed. Rachel and I have traveled to many places on the earth to serve in poor areas. Oh, my goodness. Can I tell you what I've observed? Why is it the most poverty-stricken areas are the most thankful for everything? And the land that has been blessed with prosperity is the least thankful. What's wrong with that picture? My goodness, we were in Africa, and they were having Thanksgiving services because somebody got a car. 
literally a service to give thanks to God because somebody got a car. I asked the guy, I asked my interpreter, do you all do Thanksgiving services all the time? He said, we do it all the time. Whenever something good happens, we have a Thanksgiving service. And I'm thinking about the states. We hardly ever look up at the heavens to say thank you. You know what, Rachel and I, we got this crazy idea. During my recovery time, we're watching, the, watching something. I don't know what it was. It wasn't HDTV. I got my fill of that in the hospital. Uh, <laughs> but I'm watching something, and there was this story on there that happened somewhere. I don't remember. But it just put a thought in me. And I looked at her, and I said, Rachel, I got an idea. I got something I want us to do. And, man, when I told her, she said, I'm all in. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to show you what we're talking about. When you hear this sound, what do you think of? The ice cream truck, right? Let me tell you, when I heard that sound, I'm running out as fast as I can to the street. Okay? Now, if you're at home, don't run outside. That's just on this online broadcast, not outside. I, I would run down the street. Man, I would find that truck. And my favorite was dreamsicles. Oh my goodness, give me a dreamsicle. I'd, I'd stop a truck. I'd do whatever just to get a dreamsicle. So, so we got to thinking, what if we got an ice cream truck and went into some of the neighborhoods that maybe they don't ever have the opportunity Maybe they don't get to experience that, but, but what if we just gave it away? And so guess what? A few weeks ago, Rachel and I partnered with Bishop Wiggins and Lady Deborah at the Hope Church, and we got an ice cream truck, and we, we went to an apartment complex, and we gave out free ice cream one afternoon. A hundred people lined up. It was awesome. Now, you say, why would you do that? Because... We were blessed. Do you realize why God has been good to you? He's been good to you so you can be good to somebody else. And you can say thank you and you can be a blessing. So, yeah, the odds may be against us. The culture may be against us. But no matter what's against us, Jesus is for us and we owe him thanks. Jesus died for us. Jesus gave his life for us. My goodness, nobody's ever loved us as much and loved us that way. We owe him thanks. And guess what? No matter what's against us, people have been good to us. People have blessed us. God used somebody in our life. You might have just awakened on third base and thought you hit a triple. No, what you don't know is somebody hit a Hit one shot, got you to first, I mean, got you to second, got you to third. We have to recognize that there have been people that have blessed us. I get this question a lot. So, so do we thank the people or do we thank God? Thank God. Yes, <laughs> both. Because you know what I've learned? If you don't thank people, you're not going to thank God. If you're not willing to thank people, the people he used, you're not willing to thank God. And I believe we have to find a way to say thank you. To the people that God has used in our life. So, can I also tell you it's never too late to do that? It's never too late to say thank you. For some of us, the people that blessed our life, some of them are gone. They're, they're not here. But it's okay to tell them thank you. Can I just show you a, a video? I came from a place in North Louisiana, northeast uh, of Louisiana. 
in, um, not far from us was a town called Houghton, Louisiana. And this past June, this story happened. Uh, somebody took a video. It's a special needs young man who finally graduates from high school. His mom's been gone 10 years, but watch what he does. Mommy, I got something to say that um, I did. I, I did. I graduated today. And um, I know you, you're so proud of me. I'm happy. And I love you so much. It's never too late to say thank you. You know why? Because thank you is not for them. It's for you. Saying thank you is not just so somebody can hear it. It's because of you. Did you see what Jesus said to this guy? He said, your faith has made you well. You see, it wasn't his thank you that saved him. No. He was saved and healed, and then came the thank you. Thank you is an expression of faith. Thank you is a way of saying to the one who saved us, thank you. It's an expression that something's different in us. And it's time to say thank you. But remember, probability. It's not destiny. I don't care what the odds say. It's time to say thank you. Mother Teresa, back in the 90s, was in D.C. at an event. And she was speaking at the, it was actually the National Prayer uh, event that D.C. has every year. She told a story of holding a dying woman. I mean, the woman frail on the streets of Calcutta, dying. And she said, right before the woman died, the woman looked up at her and said something. And then died. And she looked at that gathering that day and said, you know what she said? It wasn't help me. It wasn't ease my pain. It wasn't feed me. Her dying words, thank you. Thank you. It's time we say thank you. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.